you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. All right, it's NFL Now on NFL Network. The commanders have made a quarterback change. Nick Sirianni is joking about who his quarterback may be and why he is better than you in all aspects of life. Plus, all the playoff scenarios, both clinching and elimination for Week 17. I'm Andrew Siciliano. This here is Steve Weitz. Thank you for watching NFL Now. And you're still pushing back against what NFL research suggests would be the best Monday night game ever. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's that's conjecture. That's, you know, a little wind total. crystal balling. But, yeah, it could be. We'll see. Talking about win total. Win total. We will preview the Bills and the Bengals who have combined for 23 wins and meet Monday in Cincinnati. Coming up shortly. We begin, however, with a far more serious story here. And that is out of Miami where Tua Tungabailoa does have a concussion. He is not only in concussion protocol. He has been diagnosed with a concussion, with a head injury. And unless something changes... He is not playing on Sunday. Mike McDaniel made it clear today they are moving forward with Teddy Bridgewater. In regards to Tua, it's a very, um, I've been advised by um, medical professionals that uh, it's uh, critical that that uh, Tua worries only about um, the day that he's currently in and nothing else. He's... Uh, uh, better, better than yesterday. Um, you know, he's a, uh, he's, you know, beyond that. Um, I feel, I feel like it's uh, kind of weird to, um, to extrapolate beyond good, which is what he tells me. Moving forward today, and you know, the whole team's approach is uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the starter. Um, this is why, you know, we. Uh, thought it was so vital to to go um, uh, after him in free agency. This is why he's um, done such a diligent job uh, during the course of the season um, with his own uh, uh, injuries and, and such to be prepared for this opportunity. I'm not sure if it's uh, really my business to go into his day to day. You know, just honestly, it's. Um, it's science. You, you, you don't want to. Um, this is a private time for him to focus on his health, um, and that's uh, all I really want to get into. Mike, you into a, a very close, just off the field for you as a person, as a friend, as a coach to him. 
what's it like just seeing him have to go through this? Terrible. And I think that sums up the situation really from everyone's perspective here. Cam Wolf is in Miami. Judy Batista with me as well. Cam, start with you, and, and let's, let's try to figure out how this all played out because the announcement was made yesterday afternoon that Tua is in concussion protocol, and that came as a surprise to some people in that building. Yeah, Andrew, leaving the locker room, that's the overall feeling from the players. Surprise. And one quote stroked me the most. Running back Raheem Mostert said, it was a shock to see Tua going through that, but kind of made sense when I look back at the end of the game. I was in the locker room, I mean, in the huddle, asking myself, what's going on? What are we doing here? Not necessarily just for Tua, but the whole aura of the offense. Something seemed off. And so to learn that he has a concussion, that sucks. And if you remember, Mostert and Tua had a miscommunication on that second interception. Mostert said he ran the wrong route. Tua said he didn't say the play right. You know, good teammates cover for one another, but at least to Mostert, it was clear that something was off for him during the game. And it struck me that Mike McDaniel Monday morning went in with his coaches to watch that film, and they noticed something on tape that seemed off and inconsistent with his play. And so they decided to, to ask him and send him to the doctors, which is what started the protocol process for Tua. It's important to note that Sunday, no one saw any physical physical signs of a hit that caused him to have any symptoms. But moving forward, they were trying to figure out how to have his health as the best thing going forward. And this is particularly concerning because it's the second diagnosed concussion for Tua and the third time he's been evaluated after hitting his head in a game. And so we saw the NFLPA initiate their uh, investigation jointly with the league and going to figure out exactly what happened here. The first one, there was tweaks to the protocol. We'll see what happens the second time. But the first and most important thing here is Tua's health. You got to figure out exactly how he's going to be moving forward. So there's no timeline for his return. And the team's moving forward with Teddy Bridgewater as the starter. And one more thing, Andrew, I asked Teddy Bridgewater, who had his own serious concussion last year, his advice for Tua. He said, take care of yourself, man. And then he paused and repeated it again. Take care of yourself. Uh, well, guys, I talked to Dr. Alan Sills, the chief medical officer for the NFL yesterday, and he made the point, I asked him, you know, why wasn't Tua taken off the field at any point during the game? Because I think one of the things that is so alarming about this is the play, whatever play it was that Tua was injured on, didn't even stand out. It wasn't an exceptional play that caught any notice. And he said, you know, the spotters at a game are taught to not just look for a hit or a blow to the head and neck area, but you're taught to look for that and then what they call injury behavior that follows it. So if a player took a blow to the head or hit his head, um, then you would look to see, is he stumbling? Did he grab his head? Anything like that, was he unsteady? Um, there was none of that in Tua's case. The, the symptoms presented themselves later, which is not uncommon. Um, so there will be a review conducted by the union and the league jointly about what happened here. But even when you talk to people um, who have been critical of the NFL's protocol, they will say, you know, you can't be pulling players, every player who might have hit his head on the ground off the field, or you, you wouldn't have that many players left to play the game. Going forward, what they do, I, I asked Dr. Sills, you know, is it different since this is the second concussion for him? And he said, no, you know, every player has to go through exactly the same sort of graduated level of exertion to be cleared. And he said, once they have all the data, the doctors, um, the independent consultants have all the data, they will sit down with Tua and lay it all out. This is what they would do with any patient, not just athletes. 
and lay it all out because Tua and his family have to have a voice uh, in his treatment and his recovery because, as Dr. Sill said, even with all the technology and all of the advancements in studies of concussion, they still cannot predict um, the long-term effects on an individual and when a re-injury might occur. So, uh, as Dr. Sill said, they have to err on the side of caution here and be very conservative with his care. Yeah, Judy, I, I know too. I know his family, you know, his parents, Nalo and Diane, and, and, you know, how they feel about their children. So I'm sure they're having a very hard discussion uh, with Tua about, hey, look, this is for your health. This is for your long-term care because Tua, by nature, he's so competitive. He always wants to get on the field regardless because he's always had to fight an uphill battle. Small guy, injury prone. I want to show people that I'm tough and I can make it. So this is one where as a family, the Dolphins as an organization, the medical staff, whomever, teammates, need to make sure that they feel comfortable with him being out there. And I'm going to go back to something, a conversation I had with Mike McCarthy back when he was coaching the Green Bay Packers about 10 years ago. He said as an organization, they have a test called the Can We Sleep at Night test if we put a player on the field after he suffers an injury. This is something that everyone in the Dolphins organization and anyone around Tua needs to go through right now. Can we sleep at night? If we put him back on the field, feeling comfortable with the doctors, and Tua says if he plays football again this season or whenever. I also remember a couple of months ago when we went through this the last time with Tua, and he was on the podium. It was a midweek presser. He was back, and he was asked, how does your family feel about you playing? And he hemmed and hawed and, and seemed pretty clear that they had reservations then, and now we're going through this. Again, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater this week, and then we'll check with the Dolphins again next week. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Cam. Live in Miami, Judy Batista as well. Let's get to some other news here, other quarterback news, Ian Rappaport. This one somewhat surprising. The other team in that game, the Packers, Green Bay won. Aaron Rodgers seemingly okay, but not seen on the practice field today. Yeah, dealing with a little bit of a knee injury is Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, there was a point in the game where Rodgers was kind of on the sidelines. I believe it was late in the game. Got hit right on the knee. Came up wincing a little bit. Didn't miss a play. Seemed okay. But it was definitely something. Definitely a thing. And seems like the thing that is keeping Aaron Rodgers out of practice does not seem to be significant. Seems relatively minor. And basically, I would say his knee probably needs to be falling off for him not to play at this point for the Packers. Doesn't sound like the knee is falling off. So I think Rodgers is going to be fine, but yes, no practice for the Packers star quarterback. Okay, you said he was wincing, not wincing. Ron Rivera is wincing again. He's made a quarterback switch here as the commanders get ready to play the Browns. Rodgers and the Packers rooting for the Browns. He made that clear very yesterday. Uh, made that very clear rather yesterday. Why Ron Rivera make the switch? He's hoping for a spark, and Carson Wentz went in there this past week against the 49ers, looked pretty good, got the offense moving. The focus was on finishing drives, and Taylor Heineke did so many good things for the commanders, pulled him out of the abyss, got him in playoff contention right at the brink of the playoffs. But, you know, as unfortunately happened in the red zone too often off the, over the last couple games, they stalled a little bit. And Ron Rivera felt it was time to move on from Tara Heineke to go with Wentz, who began the season as the starter. And I think it's fair to say probably the more talented uh, of quarterbacks. Uh, I think that's fair to say. So, yeah, um, it is going to be Carson Wentz. Uh, it's going to be Carson Wentz moving forward. Uh, for the Washington Commanders. 
Okay, Carson Wentz starting this week for the Commanders as they have a clinching scenario. Thank you, Ian Rappaport here. They have to beat the Browns. NFC playoff picture certainly uh, very fluid here as we continue on NFL now. And we uh, look at the rest of the Week 17 schedule. Look at the Raiders and the 49ers. Let's go live to Vegas. Josh McDaniels on the podium. And had a, had a uh, good conversation with the quarterbacks this morning. And uh, so we're... We're going to go ahead and, and start Jarrett uh, the last couple games of the season here. Um, you know, we're, none of us is happy with where we're at, um, but we think it's a, an opportunity to, um, you know, evaluate a younger player who hasn't had much time to play. Um, you know, uh, talking to Derek, uh, who was great, um, you know, he understands uh, the scenario that we're in and the situation and um, very supportive of the two young guys. Uh, that Those three guys obviously have worked together hand in hand all year and, um, you know, he'll do anything he can to help them. So, um, you know, that's what we're going to do. Um, and obviously we're, uh, you know, started into our preparation for what I think probably is um, the best you know, uh, football team top to bottom that we've played um, in, in San Francisco. So uh, well coached, um, you know, extremely highly ranked in every category, offense, defense, special teams. I'd say probably playing as good as any team that we faced all year at the time that we're playing them. And i um, excited for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to uh, the challenge of this week. <clears throat> Josh, um, we talked about the contract situation on mm -hmm. Monday. Um, does that play into this? And then bigger question, uh, what's, what's the message in regards to Derek Carr moving forward with the Raiders? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, it's more about the opportunity. This, like I said, we're all accountable to, to where we're at. And I think this is more about an opportunity to, to see uh, a guy that we haven't seen play in a situation like this against a couple good teams, really good teams. Um, you know, Derek's played a lot of football. There's a lot of evaluating that's going to take place here. Uh, once the season's over uh, in terms of how we make the most progress, what makes the most sense for everybody, um, and how we move forward. And we knew that was going to be the case. Uh, obviously, we were hoping to be in a different scenario than we are currently. Um, but there's no – this isn't a uh, – this isn't a uh, – there's no finality to today. This is just a, you know, a decision we thought after talking about it and contemplating it that we thought, you know, would be um, an opportunity for us uh, to see, you know, what we have in him and – um, and how we how we do going forward, we'll see. You know what I mean. So there's a lot to be. I think there's a lot to be sorted through once the season's over. So that just happened. Jarrett Stidham, guys, is starting not only week 17, he is starting week 18 as well. Derek Carr benched for the last two games of the season, where the Raiders still have a mathematical chance at the playoffs. It would be like a 20-team parlay over two weeks to try to get in. Vegas, we could say parlay, but it is highly, highly unlikely. Ian Rappaport, this comes after Derek Carr signed a massive extension to the offseason, but one that did not have a lot of guaranteed money. Right. There's a contract decision that is coming for the Las Vegas Raiders, but that's going to come after the season. We'll have plenty of time to talk about what it would mean if they do decide to move forward with Derek Carr, the $40 million. And, and there's a lot of decisions that everyone has to make in the offseason regarding the quarterback position. Plenty of time for that. For now, what we know is this. The Raiders want to take a look at Jared Stidham, and obviously this is a staff uh, that is very familiar with them. Both Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler, the general manager, came from New England, drafted Stidham there, 
I know they think pretty highly of him, so they will take a look at him, as they will from some other players uh, at positions where they're taking over for veterans. Of course, Denzel Perriman headed to IR. Chandler Jones, I'm told, also going to be placed on IR with his elbow injury. You see more young people there. Uh, so it just doesn't make sense at, at this time to play Derek Carr. There's the business, there's the football, there's the one to take a look at younger players. A lot going on here for the Raiders who, you know, do mathematically have a chance. But, of course, it seems very, very far-fetched that they will. you got to start thinking of next year. They need to know whether or not Stidham is in their plans. So they're going to play him. Okay, this, honestly, you know, look, it's a, it would have to be a six-way, eight and nine tie for the Raiders to get in. It would have to be specific wins and losses by the other teams here. So, Bucky, they're not making the playoffs. So doesn't this kind of feel like a goodbye to Derek Carr, Bucky? Uh, it does. It kind of feels like one of those CDs that I bought. EPMD, business, never personal. Strictly business? This is business. Mm -hmm. this, is, <laughs> this is all about the Raiders making a decision that, you know what, Derek Carr, we don't know if you're right for us. The last four games, Derek Carr is only completing 53% of his passes, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. For a guy that was supposed to be a top 10 quarterback, that's not good enough. This team was supposed to compete at a high level. They went to the playoffs this season ago. Josh McDaniels was supposed to help this team get over the hump. You have eight one-score losses. When you have an elite franchise quarterback, that quarterback is supposed to make some of those things right. Derek Carr hasn't played well, so now you have this $40 million decision on whether he's going to continue to be your quarterback going forward. Look, I think they're telling us without telling us they are in the quarterback market. They're looking at Jared Stidham, but Jared Stidham is just one of many quarterbacks that they may look at before they make a decision on Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, you were there. You were there. I mean, I mean here, here's the thing. We, we, we're, taught, we're, we're, we're giving them all the cover that they need. Here's the deal. They're not taking a look at Jared Stidham. They know what Jared Stidham is. He's not going to be their long-term quarterback. This is the adios to Derek Carr. His contract is guaranteed for injury only. So by them not playing him the final two games, they are saying, okay, we're putting you in bubble wrap. You're not going to get hurt. So if we do make the decision to move on, which it seems like they will unless they don't have a better option, then he's gone. This is a team that's going to have continued turnover. Josh McDaniels has the blessing of Mark Davis of having time to fix what's gone wrong with this organization. Here's the other picture of this right now. The Raiders, they're sitting at number eight in the draft order as of right now in 2023. By taking some of their veterans off the field, they can move up higher in the draft order. Some of these teams like the Falcons, who are still competitive and things like that, may win some games to move themselves behind the Raiders in the draft order. This could have long implications for them making a move like this now besides just saying goodbye to Derek Carr. So I, it's a very interesting move. We all understand it. But we might as well just say what it is. I mean, buy Derek Carr, and let's see. Let's get in the quarterback market well, after this. One Ian, thing I Ian, would, Ian, go ahead. Yeah, one thing I would add to that is we did this with Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco 49ers point. several times. They officially said goodbye to him. They put out everything. Everything was public. And then now he's injured now, but he was still their quarterback after working out on a rehab field. So He got I hurt. He yeah. got hurt. He had an injury they didn't know about. Do we know about injury with Derek? I was just there at the no, but to Ian's point, saying, like we've seen I'm crazy saying, things. We've, we have, we have seen crazy things. Yeah, things. no. And, and look, if the Raiders are going to move on from Derek Carr, which considering what has happened, it's obviously in the realm of possibility, they're going to have to have a better option. So right. who's their better option? Who is going to be quarterback for the Raiders? A lot of things we don't know. So when Josh McDaniel says things need to be sorted out, part of it is, 
who actually is playing quarterback for the Raiders? I think that, that's a very uh, real question. I'll that's say why we that's just the, don't know all the answers that, right that, now. And that's a great point, Ian. There's a quarterback that Josh McDaniels has worked with that's going to be a free agent that's currently trying to win the NFC South. Oh. There's a quarterback that Josh McDaniels um, has worked with that is now injured in San Francisco. We're throwing those out there as well. I mean, why not? Um, but to your point about putting him in bubble wrap, Chase Garbers is going to be the number two quarterback this week, all right? the undrafted rookie out of Cal. So it's going to be Chase Garbers. So it won't be Derek Carr. He will be watching and inactive. Okay, Bucky? No, I, I think the interesting thing is not only Derek Carr, but now we've got to think about the ramifications with Devontae Adams came over to the Raiders to play with a guy that he considers one of his best friends in Derek Carr. How does that play in the locker room if Derek Carr is no longer there? I know they paid him and they brought him over as a lifelong dream. But when you think about some of those things and how some of those people may have come on board because they thought Derek Carr was going to be not only the franchise quarterback, but the leader of the team going forward. I just wonder how is Josh McDaniels going to handle all of these things that may take place in the locker room as he continues to try and rebuild the silver and black. And, and Ian, I just want to come back to you real quick. Don't the Raiders have to make a decision with, within five days or a week after the playing of the Super Bowl on Derek Carr? Yeah, that is when, remember that big extension that he signed uh, before the season? Really, the guarantees on that kick in right after the Super Bowl, which actually is a really smart thing for all parties because if they are going to move on, if they're going to find a trade partner or maybe cut him, I guess that's certainly possible as well, then it's going to happen well in advance of the opening of free agency. If Derek Carr is released, let's say five days uh, after the Super Bowl, he will be one of the top free agents, maybe the top agent, free agent, plus able to sign right away. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on here, uh, more than just, well, the Raiders are playing Jared Stidham. That well, is yeah, and there's a Niners angle here as well. San Francisco's 11-4, and four, currently the three seed here. It, it's the Niners and the Raiders Sunday in Vegas. If the Eagles were to face plan here, San Francisco can get to 13 yes. wins and can get to 10-2 and two in the conference. So the seeding here in the NFC could very well be affected by this decision. Jarrett Stidham starting for the Raiders and this week saying, and next. All Bucky, right. Bucky, the Raiders can be picking top five. You're going to be busy doing your quarterback analysis for them. Like I said, every day it's something new. <laughs> this one, it's a quarterback change in Vegas. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Bucky. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I don't like to blow things out of proportion. That is not my style. But this might be the biggest and best Monday night game we've ever seen. Is that hyperbole? I don't know. I mean, look at it here. Ever? The, the, ever. And I'll explain why, Steve White, you can see the scenarios. Buffalo's trying to hang on to the number one seed. If for some reason the Broncos beat the Chiefs, not going to happen, then you know Buffalo can clinch that seed, the number one seed on Monday night. The Bengals can wrap up the North if for some reason the Ravens lose to the Steelers on Sunday night. Here's why, Bucky Steve, this could be, according to NFL research, the best Monday night game ever. I know we had a 105-point game at the Coliseum in 2018. Pretty good. I know that. But, okay, these two teams have combined for 23 wins. 
That is the most we have ever had in a Monday night game. Okay. There is a game between the Broncos and the Niners in 87 or 97, right? But the most we have ever had, ever well, I, I combined. Got and, and all everything that's at stake. Yes, and everything big game. that's at stake. All right, ever. give me the key here for the Bengals. Ever. Ever. Look, hey, but, you know, one thing, we're going to hear about all the quarterbacks and wide receivers. I'm looking at the safeties in this game. They are playmakers on both teams at safety. But when it comes to the Bengals, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, these guys are takeaway stalwarts. They are turnover forcers. Between the two safeties, they've got seven interceptions. Von Bell has also forced two fumbles. As you see there, Jesse Bates, he's always in the frame. Wherever the ball is, there's, there's Jesse Bates. And then Von Bell, a big hitter in the run game. Also, those two can really be good, not just the center of the field, but to take away someone like Dawson Knox in this game. So I think the safeties are going to be in big-time play. can help determine the outcome of this game, Buck. Also, maybe just potentially if the Bills could run the ball like they did last week, Bucky, which was their best single-game rushing performance in six years. That's going to be the key for the Buffalo Bills going forward. Steve is talking about the safeties for the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's be honest, when you play the Buffalo Bills, what you want to do, particularly as you get into the playoffs, you're going to park the safeties in the parking lot, take away the deep balls, test Josh Allen being disciplined as an underneath thrower. The way you run people out of that two-deep coverage, you got to run the football, and it can't just be with Josh Allen. So you need Devin Singletary, you need all of your guys, James Cook, you need everybody to be ready to be able to be effective running the football because when you can run the football, you now can dictate the terms, you can get those shots that you like from the Bills. They are a big play offense, but running the football will help them make more big plays. Okay, I just want to point out here, and again, it's research adding up the wins, Steve, saying that this would be the best Monday night game ever, potentially just the win total. Judy Batista listening in New York right now, not pictured, but Judy texting while we're talking. Don't forget about the Monday night in December when the 85 Bears, undefeated, went to Miami. Yes. Okay, their win total was 20. No, 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 19 heading into the game. Okay. So this is 23 on the win total. Yes, that game had major historic significance. It did. Okay. It did. You're Ever. Just try, you're just trying Ever. to ruin my hype. No, no, I, I love the hype. Okay. I love the hype. Don't believe the hype. It's a secret. Bengals and the Bills in an Ever game. Okay. Ever. And Ever. The Bengals are tweeting about it. The Bengals are saying, hide your tables. Ooh, you know, shot Bills, fired. Bills fans like Mike Robb like to jump on tables. You know what I'm saying here? Nick Shook is here, as he is every Wednesday with his underdogs. Hello, Nick. The Bengals are one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, according to DraftKings. Would you hide your tables, as the Bengals say? Uh, yeah, potentially for the tailgate. But, you know, I'm on board with you, Andrew. Let's let's hype this up as much as possible. Let's give this half of a Super Bowl coverage because it's that big of a game. It's potentially a preview of what could be the AFC title game, depending on how se- how seating goes. And, and, and determining playoffs, where the game know, will be played, potentially. Yes, exactly. That, too, which is highly important, as the Bills have learned in recent years running into the Chiefs. But I really like the Bengals here because it's the team that people I still feel like aren't really paying attention to. Everybody talks about the Chiefs. They talk about the Bills. And they still say, eh, we'll see about the Bengals. They haven't lost since Halloween. They have the second longest active win streak in the NFL right behind them as the Bills in third with six straight wins. They're facing the number two scoring defense in Buffalo. But Joe Burrow does have a good track record in such matchups in top against top five scoring defenses. He's 2-0. and The last time he faced such a team, week 17, 2021 against the Chiefs. 
that was the game the Bengals won and put them on the radar of everybody else in the NFL. I could see a similar thing happening again. Okay, once again, Nick, it's a Wednesday, and we're saying the Vikings are an underdog. They're a three-point dog, yep, against the Packers, a team they beat back in September. Your thoughts? Yeah, beat them fairly handily way back in the early part of the season. This is a 12-3 and team that's an underdog, and I, I guess I understand to a degree because – the Vikings are one of the least impressive 12-3 and three teams, except for the last two weeks, where they found ways to win two Greg Joseph game-winning field goals, producing victories for them. That's who they are. They're 11-0 in one-score games this year, and they're facing a Packers team that they've already beaten this season. And quite frankly, I don't care you know, how po- optimistic Aaron Rodgers is about the Packers' chances. I like the Vikings more. I understand that their point differential is not on the side that would lend a lot of, you know, uh, optimism in their favor, but I, I still go with the Vikings here. It's hard to argue with 12 and three. They could send the Packers to an early vacation and put really put a bow on this regular season. All right, all these lines here, according to DraftKings. DraftKings also has the Panthers as three-point dogs at the pirate ship, as they call it, against the Buccaneers as they battle for the NFC South. You kind of like the road team here, Nick. Well, it's been a sub-bar season in, in the NFC South, which kind of leads us to this very important Week 17 game between these two teams. You know, the Panthers, if they win out, they win the division. If the Buccaneers win this game, they can win the division. Now, the Panthers, the numbers aren't in their favor, right? They're 1-5 in five in road games this year. They have a negative 45-point differential. But Steve Wilkes had this team playing good football. They're 3-1 and one since Week 12, plus 4 in the turnover differential category. And they're facing a, a Buccaneers team led by Tom Brady, who has been responsible for eight giveaways since week 14. So I don't think it's going to look like it did against Detroit last week, which is Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman going off on the ground and Sam Darnold with the deep strikes over the middle like you saw there to DJ Moore. But I do think that if they create those turnovers early, they can protect a lead on the road and continue their unlikely march to the postseason. And Steve Wilkes could potentially win the NFC South. How about that? Along with his Carolina Panthers. Thank you, Nick Shook, whose article every week is on NFL.com slash underdogs. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So we had our conversation earlier about the number one overall seed, the Bills, the Bengals, the game on Monday night. No, I am not yet forgetting about the team currently holding the two seed in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. The team tried to beat the Broncos for the 14th consecutive time this week. Winners of seven consecutive AFC West champions. And while many of you banged the table for Jalen Hurts, As the MVP, a pro football focus, deeper dive of the numbers as we get every week on Wednesday. Hi there, Mike Renner. um, Shows that you guys think, or Mike, let's say you specifically think Mahomes is the MVP. I do, and truthfully, I don't really think it's that much of a race right now. Obviously, a couple more weeks left, but Patrick Mahomes is number one in the NFL among quarterbacks in EPA per dropback, and the difference between him and second place is the same difference as second place and seventh place. That's how far and away he has been efficiently leading this Kansas City Chiefs offense, and you look at the sort of talent around him compared to what other guys have. This isn't like a top five, top ten. These aren't Tyree Kill, Jalen Wild, getting open. This isn't A.J. Brown, Devontae. This is objectively like a good but not elite receiving core. 
And he's playing with his structure finally, not honing in on one Tyreek Hill, spreading the ball around. Top five in big time throw rate, bottom five in turnover worthy play rate. To me, Mahomes your MVP. Okay, no one is saying that Kenny Pickett's the MVP, but he's at least in the conversation here for Rookie of the Year, specifically because of the way he has played the last, say, month. Hasn't exactly been lighting it up statistically, but he has found Mike a way for the Steelers to keep winning and stay in it. What have you seen? I've seen poise. I've seen a rookie that's playing well beyond his years in terms of playing, winning football, and doing the things it takes to win these games. Over his last six games, he's thrown only one interception and has only four turnover-worthy plays over that span. So he has done his job, and obviously over that span now also is when you got T.J. Watt back, who's a big difference maker for this defense. But this is why he was the guy they targeted because he was the most NFL-ready of this bunch in terms of what he could bring to the table right out the gate. So I do think Kenny Pickett, you know, not riding home as an, like you said, an MVP just yet or an elite quarterback just yet, but knows how to operate the quarterback position. The Steelers are back in it. And yes, Jets fans, I know Garrett Wilson is also having a very nice rookie season. The Packers are back in it, Mike, as well. What do you guys see? PFF angle. They have now finally guys Rodgers trusts. And Aaron Rodgers plays the quarterback position a little differently than a lot of guys. And he obviously relies on guys he trusts in that offense. And one of the biggest factors in losing Devontae Adams was that go-to guy. When you see man coverage or man principles, Rodgers just wasn't letting it rip. And when you see man coverage, you basically have to throw it on breaks. You have to throw it with anticipation or else the windows close in the NFL. Wasn't trusting guys like Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs early in the season. Watkins obviously leaves. And the two rookies have stepped up. Christian Watson, six straight games with at least six targets. And yeah, he went out this past week. Hopefully he's healthy down the stretch. But when Romeo Dobbs has been in five targets each of the last two games, he's thrown to these rookies. We've seen the talent. We know that those guys can play. Now he's trusting it. That's the biggest difference to me. Defensive side of the ball has been good enough all year long. It's the offense that's finally coming out strong. Download the PFF app. The PFF app. Easy for me to say, Mike Renner. Also easy to say, Happy New Year. Catch you next week. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.